Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're gearing up for a fun Thanksgiving week. It is a fast-moving week for the Dallas Cowboys coming off of their win against the Minnesota Vikings. They, like all of their NFC East rivals have three wins they will host one of their NFC's rivals the Washington football team on Turkey Day uh, lots of things moving lots of balls in the air lots of juggling happening uh, lots of watermelon smashing apparently to talk about it we brought in the very best you know him you love him my best friend the one and only Papa Ocho what is up my dude hey 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 just here just uh, enjoying the victory yesterday um, what do you make of Mike McCarthy um, Apparently, smashing watermelons uh, with a sledgehammer so as to dictate uh, the ferocity that his football team needs to play with and ultimately did end up playing with against the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I think uh, anything that yields success, um, you can't argue with it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, whether it's conventional or unconventional, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're nobody to, to question that. Uh, I'll roll with it. I'm good with it. I um, I don't want to make too much out of this. Um, the And apologies, by the way. I'll say this right now for the audio quality for today's episode. Had to, had to do a very quick thing, so not in our normal uh, sort of setup, normal recording situation. Um, I know I think the volume might be a little low, um, but overall, I think the quality is fine. We'll be back to normal tomorrow, so... Don't worry. Uh, and by the way, we will have a new episode of the 750 with two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas later on in the day. Make sure you do subscribe to the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, like I said, I don't want to make too much out of this, but what I like just as a Cowboys fan, as a football fan, is Mike McCarthy's fun. Uh, the watermelon thing is fun, and his comment, you know, obviously he was asked about this in his Monday press conference, and he said, oh, the great thing about flying charter is that you don't have to check a sledgehammer, you know, like you would if you're flying commercial, whatever. You would never hear anything like that at a Jason Gay. You know what I mean? Like, and and I, I'm not saying it makes him a better coach or anything, but it's, it's more entertaining, and at the very least, that is a fun quality to this season. No, yeah, and uh, it also, uh, you know, kind of gives you a glimpse into, you know, his persona, his uh, coaching style, and, you know, some of the things that he likes to do to, you know, just motivate people. And, and you know, so, again, I'm, I'm supportive of it. So, 
I think we need to have a collective chat as Cowboys fans. And we talked about this on the postgame show. I know Kelsey and May got into it on Girls Talking Boys. Uh, we'll certainly get Tony's take on the 750. But I, I feel like, and, and you are a very logical person. You apply logic to basically every decision you make. And logic certainly lined up with Team Tank, right? Like entering the Minnesota game, if there were two camps, there was Team Tank and there was Team try to sell out to win the NFC East. You could argue the merits of either one, whatever the case may be. I do think a majority of people in Team Tank in that camp um, for the three hours that the Cowboys play on Sundays kind of put that logic aside and allow themselves to be emotional, right? Like you can say you want the Cowboys to tank Monday through Saturday, but when it's competitive against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you kind of throw a caution to the wind. When it's competitive and winds up being super competitive to the point of victory against the Minnesota Vikings, you say, you know what, we'll just deal with the consequences when they come, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, does that accurately describe at least your kind of emotional ride as the Cowboys have gotten to a 3-7 and seven record, which has uh, got them in contention for the NFC's title? Yeah, I think for the most part uh, that's correct. I, I will uh, put a, I think, a caveat on that, that, you know, in, in most divisions, yeah, you know, three and seven, you're just nowhere near, you know, any sort of, course, of, yeah. of potential playoff aspirations. Um, you know, and that's what makes uh, this year and, and the NFC East this year uh, quite different than everything else. And so I think, you know, just – Applying the logic, as you state, uh, may have a, a loophole in this case uh, because the Cowboys are right in the thick of it. I mean, every team is right in the thick of right. it at, at, you know, three wins. So, you know, I, I, that's the only thing I would uh, kind of put as a disclaimer there. But, yeah, you know, in, in general terms, I, I agree with you. I am not trying to intimate that the Cowboys have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Not saying that by any means here. Uh, we waited until after Monday Night Football to record the Los Angeles Rams taking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, of my Monday Football Monday cohorts, I was the only person to pick the Rams. I was on an island on four different picks, so shout out to the New Orleans Saints, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Los Angeles Rams for proving me to be a football genius. Um, but all that being said, a lot of people came into this season, you know, the Bucks are going to be great. A lot of people picked the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Um, th this is more of a conference-wide question, but like, who do you really trust in the NFC? Like, who would you really put money on? I think that you've got Seattle and you've got Green Bay. And then after that, you've got legitimate flaws. And there are still really good teams, right? Like, there's Tampa Bay certainly has potential. Los Angeles has potential. Arizona has potential. Um, you know, obviously, Minnesota once upon a time had potential. Um, but so other than that, I mean, it, it is a, a flawed conference. It's... Uh, Michael Kiss says this all the time on Monday Football Monday. I know you listen, and everybody should be listening. Make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, and then it's a lot of other teams, and then it's a couple of other more teams competing for some legitimate relevancy. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I agree, and I think you're right. And the uh, NFC, you know, the, the Packers and the, and the Seahawks have distanced themselves from, from everyone else, uh, although – you know, they do have kinks in their armor as well, sure. you know, as, as we've seen. So, But you they know, do I, have the two best quarterbacks, which is part of the reason. For yeah, Brian. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have the, uh, the talent. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and earlier in the season, I would have said that they were more formidable than, you know, what they have, uh, you know, been exposed to in the past few weeks here. 
But uh, but yeah, you know. So I would say in the NFC, those are the the leading contenders, uh, at least uh, on a consistent basis to to demonstrate uh, you know the ability to win more games more consistently. And on, on the AFC, yeah, I mean, I think the the Chiefs are definitely um, you know we saw them play last night, and you you think you know man they're playing a different game. But uh, they are playing the same game. They just uh, they look different. They look very very confident. But you know, having said that, uh, you know, almost the same breath, you have to look at it and say, you know, I do think that the Raiders have their numbers a sure. little bit. You know, they have their attention. You know, and uh, they gave them a, a tremendous run uh, last night. And so, you know, it, again, it doesn't uh, it doesn't really demonstrate that the. The Chiefs are not vulnerable either. Right, and I do think that's that's where the conferences differ for me. Is in the AFC, it's Kansas City, and then you've got Vegas, you've got Tennessee, maybe you've got Indianapolis, you've got Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh kind of leads that pack. So maybe it's KC, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, then Vegas, Tennessee, and but I don't think that that there is that sort of established hierarchy in the NFC. In the NFC, it's Seattle, Green Bay, and then at times it's Tampa Bay. At times it's Arizona, um, and other, like outside of that, who who do you trust? Like right, like we've got Seattle, Green Bay, Arizona. Cool. Um, who obviously no NFC East team is in that tier for you. San Francisco's out of this. We'll, we'll put Los Angeles there. Certainly, especially after what they did on Monday night. Maybe so the Saints. You, uh, you've got the Saints, but if, the, the, if, if everyone's healthy. Right. The, the question mark around their health. I know that Taysom Hill played well on, on Sunday, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And I'm not trying to doubt Sean Payton. He's you know certainly disproven anybody that has, but they, they, they are the wild card in that sense. Um, but if I, I'm and again, I'm not trying to sound like a homer or hyperbolic, but if you told me the Cowboys as the fourth seed of all the division winners, if they won the NFC East, were going to host the Buccaneers, I don't think that's impossible. I mean, and part of that is is the Buccaneers, right? Because they are flawed. I mean, like imagine Donovan Wilson lighting up Tom Brady the way he lit up Kirk Cousins. That is is part of this. Um, and, and I and so this kind of gets me back to my NFC East discussion. Andy Dalton is the what best quarterback in the NFC East right now. And I know that's a really hard question because the sample size is so small. But, you know, if if you had to draft them today um, and, and your your four choices are obviously Alex Smith and Andy Dalton, who we'll see on Thanksgiving, Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. I would take Daniel Jones first. I'll say that. And then then Andy enters the conversation for me. Yeah, I mean, if you're building, you know, a team from scratch and obviously you're, you're looking at long term. Right, right, right. Yeah. Daniel Jones because you know he's he's got some flaws but he's got potential and you know so yeah I would start there and then you know but very very a very close second would be Andy Dalton. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I uh, I tweeted this on Monday. I wrote about this as well. Andy Dalton's first win as a Cowboys quarterback came on the road against a team that was quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. The previous two quarterbacks to get wins for the Cowboys 
um, experienced their first wins for the Cowboys on the road against teams that Kirk Cousins also quarterbacked. Matt Castle in 2015 on the road in D.C. Shout out to Dan Bailey kicking the game winner, who is now uh, Kirk's teammate, incidentally. And, of course, Dak Prescott's first win was on the road in D.C. That was the Zeke Elliott fumble game, kind of the, the last sort of peak of Josh Norman um, and, and now Andy Dalton. So Kirk Cousins has played an interesting role uh, in all this just kind of a, you know bad timing for him sort of situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and look, maybe you're still Team Tank, and, and that's fine, but this is fun. I'm, I'm having fun, you know, kind of considering these possibilities and playing out these scenarios. And it really is amazing how much one win can do for you. And if you've got to smash some watermelons to get there, so be it. Um, let's, let's kind of just from, uh, you know, 10,000-foot view look at the NFC East. This week there are three games that concern them because you have one between two of them. Um, I'll, I'll have you pick Washington-Dallas at the end, but the Cincinnati Bengals will host the New York Giants, and it is the Bengals' first full game without Joe Burrow, who we found out again suffered an even worse injury than was originally anticipated. Certainly our thoughts and prayers with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I, I think that with Joe Burrow, the Bengals certainly would have given the Giants fits and, and given them a lot of trouble, but I don't. Without, without him, they are one of the worst rosters in the NFL, and I don't see how Cincinnati at home – you know, overcomes New York coming off their bye. There's been a lot of talk about Jason Garrett and that offense and things like that. I think the Giants do win that game. Yeah, no, I, I don't see, uh, you know, much of a of a competition there. Um, you know, Giants all the way on that one. So that puts them at four wins. A week from uh, this moment that you and I are recording, the Monday Night Football game between the Seahawks and Eagles will have concluded. I don't think there's a single doubt that the Eagles are going to get roundhoused in that game. Agreed. Um, so, and by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles are currently the division, you know, leader in the NFC East by virtue of the tie that they had with the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody killed Doug Peterson for that, but that is literally the difference at this point in time. And uh, even though they're technically the leader, I think that they should have the longest odds to win this thing because their next four games, they've got Seattle at home on Monday night. Then they have to go to Lambeau Field, one of the two teams. In fact, those are literally the two teams that you and I are sitting here saying, those are the only ones we know are elite in the NFC. Their prize for surviving that is they will have to host the New Orleans Saints, who we said is maybe in that category, and then travel across the country. So whatever stock you put into that to face the Arizona Cardinals, who they themselves have kind of flirted with that territory. So that's, I mean, I don't think they're winning a single one of those games. Like It's the NFL, so maybe weird things happen and they win one. But even if they did, I mean, that's, that's still a hard sort of situation to figure out. I, I do think they lose all four of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously our conversation so far is in the realm of logic. So, you know, within that scope, yeah, they're 0-4 through that stretch. All right. So uh, currently, uh, depending on where you look, the Dallas Cowboys are favored by two and a half to three points against Washington on Thanksgiving Day. Some of that is that it's a home game. So your sort of average standard three points that, that every home team starts with. So you could argue that two and a half kind of lends in the favor of Washington. Obviously, this Washington team seriously defeated Dallas last time they played. But for what it's worth, Andy Dalton has some confidence, has some you know experience under his belt, has a win, as mentioned. Uh, we'll have Zach Martin in this game. And that's, I think, a low-key sort of factor data point variable to this game is everybody said, remember, when, when Andy Dalton got blasted by John Bostick that, oh, you know, how nobody went and defended him, that that wouldn't have happened if Zach Martin was out there. Zach Martin would have gone and kind of handled business, et cetera. So I certainly buy into that. I think the Cowboys' defense is playing the best that it has all season. And I know they just allowed 28 points, but 
Donovan Wilson's making plays. Demarcus Lawrence is all over the field. Um, Randy Gregory's kind of getting in the mix. And so you're starting to see some really positive things. CeeDee Lamb is operating at the peak of his rookie powers and is only going to ascend. And so I think there's legitimate reason to believe that the Cowboys win this game. I, I don't know that I'm ready to pick them yet, and we're going to be picking very soon because it's now Tuesday. The game is 48 hours from now, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, broadcasting the boys will actually serve as our pregame show as they air on Thursdays. But um, like, I mean, I, I'm leaning in that direction. What say you, though? I'm firmly in that uh, camp right now. I, I think that, um, you know, between the, the first time they met and uh, this upcoming uh, game on Thursday – I mean, like you said, Andy Dalton, uh, you know, looks a lot. He, I mean, you and I said he had that look of confidence before the first snap right. uh, on Sunday. And, and so I think that, you know, this victory obviously carries him into Thursday's game with a lot more confidence. Uh, the synchronization between him and, and Amari, him and, and CD. Uh, Dalton know, Schultz, Dalton Squared. Yeah, exactly. There was a little bit less with Gallup, but, you know, I think it's there and coming around. But you know, with, if if you if you're doing that already uh, with these guys in, in the first month of uh, you know trying to bring this team around, then I think you're doing some good things. Zeke was running really aggressively, really hard for a hundred yard Sunday. game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he looked he looked good. The defense, as you say, um, you know, much improved. Um, you know, and so there's going to be that factor. I think that uh, uh, you know, kind of the uh, the variable of. You know, man, we uh, we didn't stand up for Andy this last time, and there's probably going to be a, a few, you know, um, you know, altercations. I'll put it that way, uh, in this game as a result of that. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 postured in, in Dallas camp right now. I, I think that uh, you know they're poised to come in and and just win and you know host uh, host a victory party. That would just be utter insanity. Um, it would be amazing um, in a lot of ways and. Uh, Danny Fanton wrote a great article at Blog of the Boys on Monday that, that just kind of pondered the idea of, you know, winning the division at 6-10 and 10 would, would have longer and stronger merits than tanking and getting a top three pick. Now, I get on the surface that sounds like a stupid idea. Maybe you disagree with it, et cetera. I don't even know that I agree with it. Um, but I do and, – and you can organically tank, like the way the Cowboys did against the Steelers, right? Like you can, you can organically and, and, you know, improve a lot while losing like the Cowboys did to Pittsburgh. But – I do think, especially in the first year of a head coach, there is something to those smashing watermelon moments, right? To, to those plane rides home, to, to that atmosphere and that culture building that is something that was very important in the Jason Garrett era. And so if a 6-10 and 10 division title is, is what, you know, kind of is an investment towards the future is, so be it. We'll figure that out. Again, I would love a top three draft pick, and, and it's hard to kind of separate yourself from that idea when we've been through the last six weeks, but um, that is a legitimate reality now. Uh, here at the very end, uh, you'll be back on before all this is said and done, but I do want to go through the rest of the Cowboys schedule. Just, again, from a 10,000-foot view, you've got Dallas winning against Washington. That would put them at 4-7. and seven. seven days later, speaking of seven, they are on the road in Baltimore now. Um, first and foremost, our number one concern, our number one hope is that all players and all people, all staffers are healthy. That is the top priority as far as all people in the world right now. Uh, but the reality is that football is happening and the Baltimore Ravens are dealing with a number of COVID-19 situations, certainly probably going to impact them on Thursday night in their own divisional matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they do host the Cowboys next week. 
I don't know exactly, you know, nobody does what the situation will be there. I still will lean Baltimore. That's the game I'm the least confident in for the Cowboys because they are the Ravens, because they have Lamar Jackson, because they have John Harbaugh. I can't imagine you're thinking the Cowboys go to Baltimore and win. No, I don't. Uh, although, you know, and, and again, like you're saying, hopefully everyone's there and, and uh, ready to play and available to play. But if, uh, you know, Dobbins and, um, and Mark Ingram are out, um, you know, then I think that, you know, that's certainly a, an opportunity because, they, you know, the, the Ravens will become one dimensional and, you know, it's a lot easier to defend that. But you know, it, all things being, you know, equal and, and, and uh, everybody being there available to play, then, yeah, obviously leaning uh, Ravens in that one. Okay, so you're at four and eight. Then you get a week and a half before you have to travel to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. There will be some Ryan Finley film, if you want to call it that. Uh, some more Ryan Finley film, rather. Um, and, I, again, I think that without Joe Burrow, they're one of the worst rosters in the NFL. There's a reason they had the number one overall pick last year. I, I do think the Cowboys win that game. Yeah, no question. All right, so now you're all the way up to five, five and, eight. and eight. Goodness gracious, everything has changed dramatically. So you get a week before you host the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's the hardest to predict. Um, not that it's harder than Baltimore, but San Francisco's coming off thereby. It will be very fascinating to see what Kyle Shanahan does, one of the best coaches in the NFL at adjusting and things like that. Um, so who they are post by will certainly indicate and impact a lot of things. Right now, I'll, I'll lean 49ers off of that factor alone, but but that is more of a toss-up than I thought it was even a week ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if, if the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys are able to beat Washington and, you know, beat Cincinnati, I mean, and, and then, you know, maybe lose a close one to Baltimore, they're still riding high. And, right. And I think that, you know, again, given what we've seen with Dalton and, and the synchronization with the receivers and Zeke keeps playing hard, I mean, Hey, if all that, uh, you know, is still trending in that direction, then, you know, I'm leaning Cowboys on that one. Okay, so I've got them at what? That's five and nine, nine. and you've got them at six, six and eight. And, eight. Um, and so then they finish at home against Philadelphia in week 16. I don't, again, the Eagles are one of the worst teams. Oh, Carson, again, it, I feel bad for Carson Wentz because now it's, now it's no longer just a joke. Like, now it's sad. Um, no, it's reality. Right. I mean, and it, it is legitimately possible, and this is not a joke, that it could be Jalen Hurts that game. Um, and that might not mean a lot about Carson Wentz's future. He might still be the Eagles quarterback in 2021, but it might just be a, you know, an investment in their own future. Right? Like, let's let's kind of figure this out. There's no use in further damaging this, whatever. Um, and so that would be certainly a different factor. But I, I do think – I think the Cowboys would have beaten Philadelphia – if it was Andy Dalton or even Garrett Gilbert instead of Ben DiNucci. And so I'll certainly take the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys over the Eagles at home with some positive momentum, as we're saying. I'm there, too. All right, so now I've got them at 6 and 9, and you've got them at 7, seven and eight. 8. Oh, my gosh. And then they finish on the road against New York. And that is it, – it is this is possible. I said this on our postgame show. It is possible that that game is flexed into Sunday Night Football. Because it's very possible that that game is for the NFC East title. Um, and you've got all your, like, Cowboys, Jason Garrett storylines, whatever you want to do. Um, it would be – NBC missed out on a Cowboys-Giants game this year, so they would finally get one. Um, it's been a while since they've had one in New York. Obviously, this was the season finale on Sunday Night Football nine years ago in 2011. Um, I, would, that, I would need to see a lot more between now and then to really make an educated decision. Obviously, we're, we're just doing this in a preliminary sense right now. 
I will probably lean Cowboys. I, I, I think I think six wins is a is a relatively safe floor, is I guess the conclusion I'm landing at. It sounds like you think that's seven though. Um, and ultimately that all might be enough to, to do this thing. Yeah, I you know, I'm leaning Cowboys in that one again. You know, I, I think that uh, again, and, and this is all um, you know, prefaced on on the fact that like I'm saying, if things keep trending like what we saw and we expect to see in the next uh, few weeks here, then, you know, at that point, I would think that there would be a solid favorite over the Giants. Wow. Uh, well, um, like I said, you'll be on between now and then. Uh, this, Like I said, this is fun, and at the very least, enjoy it. Who knows what Thursday is going to bring. It could be pain. It could be chaos. It could be joy, which is why these moments and these days should be cherished and should be soaked up and should be enjoyed uh, down to every last morsel. Uh, what Thanksgiving side dish are you looking forward to most? Oh, um, probably the um, – I'm going to go dressing this time. I said on the post-game show, and obviously you know this, I, I've recently you know, become a dressing eater like over the last three years or so. Yep. Uh, as my dad, I blame you for yeah, forcing me to try it earlier in my life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm right there with you. Uh, so it will be a fun game, uh, certainly. And we hope everybody has a fun week. Like I said, you'll hear from me later on today with Tony on the 750. Subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RGOchoa. These are fun times, so let's experience them together. That's the greatest thing about Blog and the Boys. That's why we love you, and uh, we're here to have a good time. So uh, we will see you in the autumn, my friends. As always, go Cowboys. And peace out.